0: Welcome to Playing for the Master, a podcast on theater, faith, culture, and other shenanigans.
1: Okay, well this is the Uh, possibly maybe it's sort of official podcast for Unmuted Arts and Master Arts Theater. So welcome back to another episode of Playing for the Master. Uh, we appreciate the endurance and patience for all you people who keep coming back to listen to us talk. Um, so thank you for that. We know it's um, no
0: easy chore, but you keep doing it, so we appreciate it. So, John, we have a really,
1: really, really special guest today, and I've been really looking forward to this. You know, I'm I'm the executive director at Master Arts, but I've only been here for about five years, and the legacy of Master Arts is really kind of encapsulated in our guest today. Why don't you uh, tell the listeners who who we have on?
0: We have the Artistic Director of Master Arts, Chris McDonald, which if any of you don't know her, you should learn about her. (laughs) Because Chris, in starting Master Arts and all of that, has been a really important and sort of prolific figure in this Grand Rapids Christian theater world for starting it and getting it moving. So we're really excited. We're going to talk to her about some of her experiences with theater, how she got into it, and how Master Arts really came to be, and this idea of Christian theater and how that came about. So we're really excited to have her on.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
0: So
1: I know you and I have talked about this at different times, and I've heard the stories from other people at different times. But the first question I have for you, because this is the 35th, kind of the 35th anniversary of Master Arts this year. What was it? What need did you see in the community or what was happening at the time that inspired you and the folks who founded Master Arts with you? What need did you see that needed to be filled that encouraged you to do this?
2: Okay, I will give you quickly the background there. Um, I was teaching at a a Christian university or Christian college, and there were about five of us that worked in theater, because we did some theater there. And there were about five of us that one of the students came to me and said, why don't we start a Lambs Players here in Grand Rapids? That was his question. And then it began to grow from that question to the idea of students at the college were exposed to, and I'm talking particularly of theater or drama. There has always been a strong music program there, but they were exposed also to theater. And then we began to realize and begin to be burdened that once they were out of the college setting, what could they do with their their art that had been stirred and had been nurtured and where do they go with it now? And so we talked about beginning a community theater so that they had an opportunity, a medium then to grow in the discipleship, grow in the craft, and then serve the the church and the community with art that was set to glorify God. And that's really the the nurturing pool that started the idea of Master Arts Theater. So actually in the fall, in the winter, I would say, or the fall of 1984, we put together and advertised and started the words of Master Arts Theater. And we put together a, a Christmas show that could tour go go to, to churches and, and it was called Emmanuel and it was a, you know, a, a Christmas show and it was simply done in that sense. We only carried a few items as far as any kind of setting or anything, but we performed it probably five or six times in different locations. So that really was the beginning and but we started officially in 1985 and that's why the anniversary comes the way it does. And we got our um, 501c3, we were incorporated, we uh, set up our own constitution and all those kinds of things. So that's where it came from in 1985. And what was the nurturing? What was the nudge? We felt artists or students (laughs) needed a way to continue their expression of the arts that they, they touched and received nudges. And it had to grow mm-hmm. that's what started it really and that's how it came to be um, and then we formed a board in 1985 and um, you know begin all the actual organization of, of the of the master arts theater uh, and then in 1985 we um, began a street theater group that's been going ever since then and and we performed at Grand Rapids Festival. And I you think you're aware of what that is or was in, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and we performed there for many years. But that's what started and how it began.
1: So what what's great is that need for people, for young people coming out of, like we see that coming out of homeschool performing arts now and people coming out of colleges who, have a hunger and a drive to use their talent for the Lord. And they look out at the landscape and there's very, very few opportunities for actors to really do something that really evidently glorifies the Lord. So definitely that's a need that existed 35 years ago and it still exists today.
2: And Um, you have to remember that at that time, drama did not have a really big place in worship. I know Willow Creek was become, was strong at that time or starting to be strong at that time and so we had much communication with them and in other organizations. CETA began in 87 and that was another thrust. All of this is to again encourage the integration of faith and art and as you just said art is not a hobby it's a hunger. And I, and that is really very important to understand because the church really didn't know what to do with a person that had talent or urges toward theater in, in, at that time. That was not as strong and, and it, you know, now it's integrated in the church in many different forms. Um, but at that time, it was very lean.
1: I would love to hear a couple of stories from the early days like your first office space where you guys were working out of. I've heard well, that story a couple of times. So if you could just tell a couple of fun little stories about Master Arts origins, that would be wonderful.
2: All right. Uh, like I say, we formed, and as I said, there were five of us at the college at that time that were very directly integrated into using drama. And so one of them was Evie Beyer, uh, Beyer, who... <laughs> A dear, dear friend. I worked with her closely. We were stuck in an office way back in the back of the one schoolroom. It was very small, etc. But we had great communication, and she was very much a a source of energy and a source of of resources. And so we started it with a desk in her basement, and, mm-hmm. and then it we added a table. And then we added and we kept moving everything. And when we got to the point that we needed to move our washing machine, she said, listen, this is almost enough down here. We had three or four staff people down there trying to uh, eke out a space to carry on. Oh, all the advertising, all the planning of events, all the planning of rehearsals, which that was a real problem because um, we didn't have a space to have rehearsals. And so we used various churches that were very very amenable to us, very kind to us. Georgetown Methodist, I remember. I remember one month of March um, in, I'm not quite sure which year, but in the very early days that we had rehearsals in nine different locations going on in that month and trying to do the logistics of having, and we didn't have Zoom to help us. You know, we couldn't do things electronically at all. I mean, we were <laughs> we were doing good to put the mailing list on a computer, and that took a long time. And entry and all database entry and all that kind of stuff was very elementary. But at any rate, mm-hmm. but trying to coordinate all this kind of you know, and then the production, the performances that had to be somewhere, and getting people to rehearse and. I, it was a zoo. I will tell you that. So, <laughs> um, uh, and keeping it all together. So that's why we needed some staff to help. And uh, and you know, that's kind of the flavor of what was going on. Uh, much many kinds of items. Um, we when we then started adding a major show. Um, I think Joe was our first major show, if I remember correctly. And that itself, and then we had a guest performer come, uh, John Heath from um, California, and had him come the last two weeks and crammed the book of Job into his head, <laughs> and and he said to me later, he said, "This is the most difficult thing I, I've ever tried to learn," and you <laughs> would understand that <laughs> because it's mm-hmm. you know the nature of the kind of presentation that it is, so many different things, but many different highlights of of those early days gave us, I guess I would say it this way. It gave us the tenacity and the commitment to the mission because we had to verbalize that mission and we had to put it down in words to make our constitution and all of that. And that was very, actually, it was hard, but it was healthy for us because it culminated exactly Why we were going to exist. And as you say, being a standard, trying to be a standard barrier for a voice for theater that adhered to a Christian worldview and brought forth theater that had no other voice through a voice of, of artists and letting them use that talent for the Lord. And we had workshops every, like for like several years, we had every first Tuesday of the month, we'd have a workshop and the people would come together for an hour of rehearsal for the various things, an hour for discipleship um, of uh, growing as Christian artists in our own faith and letting that faith become viable so that it had impact on themselves and on others because that's 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 what theater is all about connection connection to others impact and like director young out of wheaton said if your theater does not disturb anyone like a sermon it will never change anyone and so that's what we have to think about How does it change us? How does it change others? Because that's what it's all about. God created the art form to make impact. And I think I'm answering six questions at once, but (laughs) that's that's really good. That's, I, you know, John knows turn, or you know too, turn me loose and I can talk a long time (laughs) because it's my passion, that's for sure.
0: Is there any ways in which God has used theater to impact the lives of you or the people around you or other people at master arts. Are there any really special ways that you've seen God use that and change people?
2: Oh yeah. How do I, how do I share the lives that have been touched? You know, it's like any ministry and that's why we call this a ministry. Mm -hmm. Like any ministry, it exists to glorify God but that means sharing the message of God and sharing it so that it connects with the in, with all of us inside in our hearts and who we are and what we do and how we do it all of that is wrapped up in into the into the ministry of master arts and it should be and if we leave that if we leave that goal we're going to undercut ourselves and 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 weaken the bond that creates that God has created in us to share with others and to have that growth occur. And constantly, the student, the, the actors, or the and whenever I say actors, I let me say that means the whole bunch that makes it happen: Costs, right. designers. A crew. I mean, everybody. So I don't want to just say. I just say the actual whole concept of a production,
0: mm-hmm.
2: grappling with the ideas, not only in 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 words that the actors will say or the ideas that they will communicate when they don't say. Okay, <laughs> because right. they are saying. Okay, <laughs> uh, but the, all of it, all the all the factors that go into it. And when they come out of the experience, what are they left with? What do they take home into their lives? How does it affect them in 10 years? And many have come through and have been at that moment or those one or two years or whatever and have the opportunity to work together, but then it doesn't happen because they either move away or life changes and, and all of that life happens. But that is part of who we are. And that never changes. That is part of the dynamics that creates us. And even our home lives do that. Our church life does that. And Ministry of Master Arts needs to be a part of it. And it is. And I guess I'm proud of the organization and proud of the teamwork that has been here that has affected actors and they come back and they still have impact that has is part of their lives and you see it when they come back in a year or two or three or five or ten and they talk about the moments that were here because that has been ingrained into them and is part of their nurturing I can't tell you how many plays that, I mean, even the Smoke on the Mountain plays, even the Harvest of Gold, even the the, the Crucible, and all of them, and they're, well, I guess, I mean, we're over 100 plays that Master Arts has done, I think, so you can name any of them. But if they don't go for that connection, if they don't go for that experience of what is God trying to tell us and tell the audience, In this communication, have that indwelling in us at the time, it's not good art and it's not ministry. And so that's why we've got to make it good art because we've got to make it quality art and that which can stand up and say, and God can say, um, as what is it, Eric Liddell uh, said, you know, when I run. I feel his pleasure. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where we are, um, When we run and when we produce and when we communicate and when we stand in prayer or when we just simply are there before and connecting with an audience, we feel his pleasure. And that's what it's all about.
1: It's been really interesting as you've been talking I've been thinking about us during this period of time, which is probably I, I took a picture of our theater yesterday completely empty and bare and yeah. posted it and it had so many reactions. It's been interesting how many of the of the actors and backstage people and performers that have connected with Master Arts through the years during this couple of months where we've been dark have said is there anything we can do? Is there any way we can connect? Is there any, and, and what's wonderful is we've had this technology that we've been able to provide some of that. Because yeah. like you said, there's this longing when you have a gift and a calling from the Lord and you get to the point where you realize that he is pleased when you utilize it for him, when, when you can't do it anymore, yeah. there's a hunger. There's a yeah. hunger to do that. And it's also been interesting because, you know, I'm still working here in the office and I get phone calls every single day from patrons who are saying, when are you coming back? When are you coming back? I really want you guys back. And I think just in the short time I've been in here, in the five years I've been at Master Arts, every single show, back after the show, in that little time with the audience after the show, every single show, no matter what it's been from Little House on the Prairie to Anne of Green Gables, to The yeah. Singer, to Book of Job. I always hear the same words. This is the best thing I've ever seen and it impacted me so much. I, I could truthfully say I've heard that for every single show we've done. And I think when you're saying that, it, and that's the other, the other part of this, is that when we find that thing that God has for us, that talent that's in us to glorify him, just like the disciples in the book of Acts, other people can't help but be drawn to that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big part of the success of Master Arts is when you're offering something up to the Lord and you're giving your absolute best to do that, people can't help but see God's presence in that. And I think that's a real important part of the legacy. Now, saying that, so this has been 35 years and hundreds of shows, and we probably couldn't even count how many times the traveling troupe has performed. So I'm Mm going to ask you the impossible question.
2: Yeah, okay.
1: What are some highlights that immediately come to mind as you think back over 35 years of Master Arts? What are the things that jump into your mind?
2: Oh my there's yeah i tried to I tried to grapple with that, and um oh I don't know there are so many because they're so different I mean, you get the plays that have the impact that a you know that a, a singer or a um, job or a great divorce or a or a C.S. Lewis things of course are strong, but then you have the delight of the smoke on the mountain, and I was looking at at and and you know, we we average doing a smoke on the mountain show every four years for the first 30 years. You know, and it's, it's time I, again. Yeah, I know it. <laughs> I, I know I gotta get you know we and and we we'll have to change the team obviously some and, and like Chris Knobloch says, Mac, I'm 40, I'm 39 years old. I'm as old as my father was when we started, and I said no. <laughs> Chris, you could be a 17-year-old until you're 60. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true, and I hate him so much for that. But anyway... I mean, it is so true. But anyway, all those... And and I'll tell you some that come back, too. Um, I remember the Crucible back in in the Grand Village Mall when we were there. Um, Oh, I mean, those kinds of plays that have such impact... Um, and they, they stick with you. And I'll tell you another one that sticks with you, um, uh, uh, you know, like I can remember and I'll not forget a theme out of, um, um, all I really ne- need to know I learned in kindergarten. And that's the one selection that said uh, it's really, what is the difference between a problem and, a, and an inconvenience? And you've got to learn to know the difference. And this is only an inconvenience. And even now, our uh, tremendous problems that we've got with, you know, the COVID-19 problems. But it's really, it's an inconvenience. That's all. Because like they said in the, in the selection, you know, a, um, a lump in the oatmeal, a lump in your throat, and a lump in the breast are not the same lumps. And you've mm-hmm. got to learn to know the difference. And I- when is it? You know, and I think this, maybe God has taken, I don't know why God is taking us all through this, even the whole world and all of it through this now. I mean, that's like the tapestry. We see the back and it's a mess. But if you turn it around, the design is in God's hands. And that's That's where it comes. And we don't know. Um, Will we ever know? I don't know. hopefully we'll be able to step out and and change what we do and how we can do it and and that kind of thing and now we're forced to be very creative with what we do and that's healthy Um, maybe we'll learn a whole new way of communicating yet and that's important I don't know Uh, but you know I'm going back through all kinds of shows and I'm going to miss some that others say, that was a powerful, and, and it's true. You know, I will say this, as the audience comes out or has seen the shows and greets us and talks to us, the greatest compliment is when they are content focused, not you did a good job, oh, you were so good at this or that or the other thing. And I say, oh, that's wonderful, and we and that's beautiful in, in a way, but that is not the core. When they are content focused and mm-hmm. come out and like the Dita Mom stories that yeah. we did so many times, they would come out and and grapple with the horror. And that then you know that we are all being stirred to being better Christians and better just plain more godlike and that's yeah. what we to do
1: you know that reminds me of, of one of my most precious moments in the last couple of years when we did the singer and i had written the adaptation and directed the show and there were three times during the run of that show where someone actually brought calvin miller's book yeah with them and the most precious thing that I that I hold in my heart today is when when talking to them after the show and they came to me and they said tonight impacted me in the same way that the book impacted me when I read it so long ago and and for me that was like that's what we're here for
2: yeah that's,
1: so you kind of touched did. on this a little bit it, and it's hard to ignore what's happening in our nation, in our world right now, with the combination of the pandemic and with the combination of uh, yeah. some of the, the racial protests that are going on, why do you think in 2021, why do you think it's important for Master Master Arts Theater to be here, to be doing what we do in the culture that we find ourselves in in our modern world today?
2: I think it's even more important than when it began in, you know, in 35 years ago. And I'll tell you why. Because I think our culture, it, it's fractured more. It's more intensely, I worry about the culture because the me-ism is taking over so strongly. And the community, or the, it's such a mixture drama or theater can speak to those needs and speak to the the struggles of the heart because just telling them they telling people is is not the way you got to show them you, you've got to have them experience it and just saying you know this is bad this is good is it'll never work it's got to come from within and the only way that it can come within is to enter through connection from others and through God coming down to help. And yeah. uh, and who are the who are the ambassadors of God right now? Who are they? Yeah. There are many and many different forms, but those. But art is still the power to impact because it is one heart connecting with another heart through the reality of life, through the experiences of life that drama takes, drama takes the experiences life, as you well know, compresses it and amplifies it in a moment. Yeah. 20 years yeah. is taken like is in the story of Didaman, you know, 20, 40 years are taken and we walk through her life in that 20 years and it is compressed and it is amplified, and that's what that's what theater can do, and that's the way we can impact others or help others to cope with life or to understand life better. And God working through us, and that's 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 a humbling, humbling task, yeah, and challenge and call and. It is something. Oh God, give me the, and I'm your vessel. Take me, use me. That's it. Um, and in this in this culture, it is extremely, extremely needed and, and powerful. And I can remember doing To Kill a Mockingbird. And you know, you would think that we should be past as a society. We should be past that mo- that that horrible those horrible moments, but we're not, and we've got to go back, and we've got to walk through that in order to learn again, to learn and to and to open up to each other. And I can remember that in the green room after one of the shows, one of the gentlemen was the pastor of the church in to Killing Mockingbird. He was an older gentleman and he had, he finally told us one night in the green room with the cast and he shared and he said I haven't talked about this for years. He shared as a child the lynching he saw and he said I haven't talked about that for years but this community and this show, and this community of artists that have walked through this nightly, calls me to open and share these details because of the fact that it's necessary. We've got to walk through that human; those human experiences that are mm-hmm. awful. we've got to share them so we learn from each other and we learn from God walking us through these things that impact will never go away in our lives the rest of the cast Mm -hmm. because I mean that impact was so I mean that just is now part of us and it, it will never go away because of the fact that we understand but it calls us to reality, and it calls us to, to confronting reality and trying to take that reality and help us to change and grow and modify and let that be a source of change. Yeah. Uh, it's got to be. So where does the impact come? It comes in individuals one to another. And like you say, and it's, then it's shared with the audience too. I know we did. We had a, a group come from Bethany Christian uh, Home, which is a, a a kind of an orphanage, um, and these were teens, and they saw and And of course, in our theater, it's so close and it's so intimate and it's so man. You can't, you can't, you can't, because they're right there and you can't escape it. And I know the impact on them. They just sat there. They just sat there. And, um, mm-hmm. and then they began to talk. And so I, I guess I say the power of drama and theater and art and dance and all of that is that and music is all there and needs to be used to help us Grow and cope, and learn, and and walk through these horrible times, and and learn from them, and help each other, mm-hmm. and and speak to it, and so that there are other mediums to help change instead of violence and, and mere violence for violence' sake. Yeah. And I'm not saying that all of the violence is only for violence' sake. So I'm not saying that at all. I'm only so saying that we've got to use art as well, even in this kind of horrid situation, to see if we can help to to walk through, to change our art.
1: You've touched on so many things that are so reflective of of my heart. And, you know, I think of how many shows that I've been in where my life and my perspective of other people has been forever changed because I lived through a story. So... For 35 years, you've kind of like been the, through, been the through line of Master Arts Theater. You've been the constant, the thing that's been there for the whole history. What would you like to see for Master Arts in the next 35 years, in the future? Where would you like to see Master Arts go?
2: Mm, yeah. Well, let me say first that I am so encouraged it's always a, a disturbance inside when when you when you worry about you know seeing that the mission and the the passion for the cause and for the for the mission and for the ministry seeing that taken up and it is in and and carried forth and um I guess I would like to say <laughs> I don't think the need for the ministries, it's going to modify in maybe mediums and in, in ways things happen and, uh, you know, that kind of thing and the outside form can change, etc. Mm-hmm. But personally, I don't think the actual reason for the existence of Master Arts is going to change the core, I'm saying is going yep. to change even in the next 35. Uh, having some, the encouraging and the delight is seeing you and, and you, Tim, and other, and, and other many volunteers or whatever uh, carrying forth, even though it may have different forms and a little bit different ways and different, you know, uh, that that's the external and that that um, may change some. But, the core of the of the standard bearer, and let's say we stand for, and the ministry of art to change lives is not going to change. Right. And in Amen. fact, it probably it's probably going to increase in the need, um, mm-hmm. just because. Well, we know, and you know, <laughs> we don't know when end times are, and we don't know. But we do know that there are crises to be addressed, and we need to be part of that, addressing the lives of, you know, and that that will not change. And so to see that standard being carried forth and and this the same passion picking it up and going forward, that's exciting. Um, and that's comforting. Um and, and it's it's a you know and i want to say go for it (laughs) pick it up and run you guys and gals and whatever because it needs to be done so and i guess the future of master arts i don't think the needs going to change it will modify the mediums maybe but the actual i mean do we say the church needs to go away and and not be there anymore No, I mean, it's but, you know, it looks a little different now than it did 35 years ago. And it changes, you know, but I consider this one of the arms that that can that should be assisting the whole concept of God's body of Christ and church and all of it. And um, we need to be about that and so I say pick it up and run <laughs> and I'm so encouraged that it is being picked up and quote run you know run for it that's 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 it <laughs> thank you for that I really appre- you know that is that is that is but it's not only my heart and it never has been. I like I say at the beginning, there were five of us that, that devoted ourselves to this whole thing and it grew from there. It was never one one person's mission. It was a passion of numerous people that entered into a, a commitment for mm-hmm. this type of thing. And so uh, I I just am glad that it's it's being shared in leadership is coming forth to take it on.
1: Well, that's one of the things I've always loved about master arts and theater in general is that it's not, it's not a solitary art form. Mm -mm, It's all done in community. It's all done in family. And, uh, you know, we come together from all these different backgrounds and we walk through a story, which gives us a, a collective life experience yeah that then we can understand each other better we can understand yeah. God better and how and his creation um, yeah. but we also get to share that with hundred people mm-hmm. 16 times so right it's right. unique that way
2: let me say one quick thing Walter wrong says we are story we all are story and that's what we are about is. Affecting our, li- our, our story, the audience comes with story and they come and I remember in the book of Job and every, everybody had a story and you, you grow by, like you say, enveloping one another's story in order to help your own and to grow your own. That's all. So
0: true.
1: So true. So uh, we want to thank you so much. <laughs> this has been wonderful. I've mm-hmm. been really <laughs> encouraged. And frankly, I needed this today. Oh, yeah.
0: So thank
1: you, Chris, for all that you You're shared. Um, now, we have this kind of tradition when we have guests on. Yeah. Go for it, John.
0: Okay. okay. So as I think I've mentioned to you before, I'm a fan of like superheroes and things. So I've invented this question. If you could have any superpower that is fruit-based so like bananas or oranges or apples (laughs) any superpower that is based on fruit what would that superpower be
2: okay (laughs) (laughs) um um um, i'm going to say an avocado okay Mm -hmm. all right in the center of the avocado is a large pit, mm-hmm. and that center is strong. I mean, you're not gonna break it. You're not gonna change it. That's what it is. And that's where we have to have inside us the, the, the core that is solid, mm-hmm. and it's going to it's going to supply everything else, and that's what's going to regenerate more that if you bury it etc that's what's going to help i mean that's where the regeneration comes so that's where we are and out around that is a tasty fruit or a tasty substance that can be molded into all kinds of things but it is always influences wherever it is and you will taste it no matter what you do to it you're going to taste it. So anyway, that could, that's, that's great. what I would say. That, <laughs> I think I love it. Yeah, so, all right. So see the green of the avocado around and um, cut into it and know know what's there. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's what I would say. Give me an avocado. And it's not
1: only really, really tasty, but it's really, really good for you too.
2: Yes, it is, yes, mm-hmm. it is. Huh? Okay. That's great. Well, thank you so
1: much, Chris, for taking your time today, for sharing your heart and uh, and talking about the history of Master Arts. We really, really appreciate it. Hope you all have enjoyed this time with us today, and uh, we hope to have some other wonderful guests coming up for you very soon. So thanks for listening if you stayed with us. Um, thank Chris, you. Chris, I think you had the best fru- uh, fruit superhero yet so far. That's like, like the most
0: insightful answer to that question awesome. that ever happened. <laughs>
1: So, thank you, Chris, for joining us. Um, Thank Thank those who've listened to this wonderful time um, for joining us uh, on on this uh, edition of Playing for the Master. And we hope you join us again soon. Thank you for listening to Playing for the Master, a co-production of Unmuted Arts and Master Arts Theatre, both out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Our theme music is Rondo Giocoso, a piece written and performed by Richard Sergia. Our podcast is edited by Tim Vanbruggen. The views expressed by the hosts of this podcast are completely their own and may not reflect those held by the organizations as a whole. If you have any comments or suggestions for topics you'd like to hear discussed, please email them to director at masterarts.org. Thanks for listening.